I'm excited for today's show and before we jump in I've got something for you that I highly recommend. Today's episode is brought to you by Nubrew. Don't worry about the spelling. All you need to know is this. If you're not supplementing your body and in particular your brain on a daily basis, you are playing at a disadvantage. For more than 10 years, I have taken nootropic supplements specifically in pill form, swallowing back fistfuls of pills daily. Now, pills aren't fun to take. They also don't typically absorb very well, which means very expensive urine. Nubrew blends the very best nootropics in the best dosages in powder form in ready-to-go sachets. You mix it with water and drink it and it absorbs amazingly well and tastes incredible. I now swear by Nubru and take Nubru Advantage and Nubru Shield every day. Take back the advantage yourself for less than a dollar a day with the deal I've sorted for you. Head to smarterdestiny.com forward slash brain and use the code SMARTERDESTINY at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Now on with the show. First of all, you find out what the obstacles are, right? And then if you can consciously identify and work around those obstacles, uh, then great. If you can't, then you kind of have to, how do you say, tap into your subconscious and utilize your subconscious mind to really find creative ways to get to the end result. People you incorporate certain things like lucid dreaming and other exercises to meditation to get to that level. And that's one of the things that I utilize in order to get there. It's kind of out there, but for me, it works and have really become a master of uh, lucid dreaming, especially to tap into my subconscious and find innovative solutions and uh, pathways that a lot of people might say it's not possible. We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Okay, as the lady said, here we go. Sometimes I mess this up as well, so apologies if this is one of those days. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Smarter Destiny podcast. This time we're joined by my friend Mick Imandi. Mick is the Executive Director at Boston Neuro and Clarigen Z. He has revolutionized the personal injury space, developing a new business model that was a win-win for everyone. It was a high 10-figure revenue um, business, and it still exists today. It really set the tone for that space, and many, many people are still benefiting from the systems that Mick installed many years ago. Since then, he's had many businesses in the healthcare space, and including the largest medical marijuana practice in the state of Florida, integrating cannabis treatment with insurance reimbursement. Fantastic. Now, he is all in on a new project called Clarigen Z, which is an alternative to Adderall. It's a herbal supplement, and it was discovered by accident. And we're going to get into that in the show. But first up, let's welcome Mick to the stage. Mick, how's it going? Hey, Martin. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Glad man. I'm doing good. You've got such a, a, a resume here. I mean, that introduction took a little bit longer than normal, but uh, you're a seasoned pro. You're a seasoned entrepreneur. I'm excited to, to get into things with you. So first up, whereabouts in the world are you speaking from right now? 
just down the street from the um, the arena where the Heat play in Miami. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful, and you're, and you're bringing that Miami heat to this this interview. So what we like to do, Mick, on this show is For we like sure. to go back. We go back to a point in time which really serves as a entrepreneurial kickoff point in your past, a point where perhaps you went from having a boss to being a boss, something like that, some kind of inflection, some kind of story is in there. Could you take us back to that point and tell us all about it? Yeah, you know... Um Back in 93, I had a vision of being able to provide a, I had some friends who were personal injury attorneys. And at that time, I had a vision for being able to uh, fill a need and a problem, uh, solve a problem that they were having in being able to not have to deal with multiple um, uh, organizations or physicians when they had a personal injury client um, they would have to negotiate with multiple providers and medical providers and hospitals and um, diagnostic uh, facilities and such like that. And at that time, I uh, started with essentially uh, uh, renting out some of the time of one of the doctors that I was friends with. And uh, very quickly, as my business model got caught on, I uh, was able to employ him as a full-time physician of mine and then, you know, expanded into many other specialties and uh, really was able to build out my vision of what I thought we could do to incorporate all different aspects of medical care under one uh, tax ID or organization. So kind of uh, developed that back in 93. And it's something that's uh, mimicked and replicated by many, many organizations throughout the United States today. Fantastic. And so, th I mean, that's a big organization. You've grown that into to a really big organization with a lot of moving parts, not least in the 90s where communication wasn't as uh, as easy, perhaps, like with technology as it is nowadays. What kind of um, actionable advice or, or learnings would you uh, give for, for how you built uh, that without, you know, <laughs> just becoming uh, over um, overwhelmed with the process. You know, the thing is, is it was, for me, it was like I had a vision or an idea, and it was about uh, developing the proof of concept and then scaling from there. And uh, so the that was the first time I actually scaled something, um, and uh, that was uh, definitely a challenge. Uh, but, you know, once you have the proof of concept, and you have a passion for what you're doing, I think everything else comes naturally. You put in whatever time it takes to see your baby uh, become uh, mature and uh, grow older and uh, wiser. Beautiful. So, you, so you're hiring, you're, you're taking on leases, you're, you're um, scaling, as you said. Did you have any mentors that you worked with at that, that time, or did you sort of just figure it out for yourself? Just figured it out. It was a uh, school of hard knocks, really, because I didn't uh, have anybody to um, follow that was not corporate. You know, it's, uh, you know, when you're an individual, you don't really have many mentors in the healthcare arena. It's very uh, corporate driven uh, throughout the United States. And, uh, you know, you're dealing with ho hospitals and, um, you know, large institutions. 
uh, throughout the United States. So it was something where, you know, you really had to, uh, you know, try different things and uh, don't get discouraged because, you know, you'll find a solution. And uh, that's really what it's all about, being persistent and being able to achieve your uh, ultimate goal. Fantastic. And what about in terms of, so you would have been a, a young guy, um, new to, to, the, to the game, growing fast undoubtedly, but you're trying to convince um, seasoned medical professionals, uh, various uh, sort of organizations, insurance organizations, large, uh, very risk adverse, traditionally, the, the, these organizations that you want to work with and bring into, into your, um, you know, your, your big enterprise. What kind of um, things did you deploy there to, to maximize your chance of succeeding with, with these kind of partners? Uh, sometimes money talk, does talk. So I paid them more than what anybody else would pay them. So they didn't have to think very much about whether or not it was be something that uh, they were uh, very uh, confident in. It was just about, if I get paid, I'm going to get the job done. So that's what I did. I paid them more than what they would, they were getting paid otherwise, uh, upwards of uh, 125 to 150% more. Beautiful. And how did you how did you learn what they were currently being paid so that you knew how you could that you could beat it? Well, I mean, you know, there's going rate and then there's what you're making, right? So, you know, if you're not making the going rate, I'll say, well, how much are you getting paid then if you're not uh, willing to bite on this, you know? So then it just becomes of okay. How about if I give you, you know, twenty percent more than that? Would that make you? Um, would that help your decision? So that's uh, pretty much, Beautiful. you know, money talks sometimes, right? <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. I love, I love how um, sort of refreshingly honest that answer is as well in, in, in that case but to, yeah, yeah, just, you know, paid them what they, they felt they were worth. And uh, funnily enough, yeah. they, they then started working hard for me. That is often yeah. the way. So, um, so you build this into this, this high 10 figure revenue um monster uh, for want of a better word and this this behemoth and at some point you decided to move to the next thing was there any story uh, behind the reason for the move and what was the next thing that you moved into so you know i sold that off as laws changed uh some of the laws changed because of me um as me being the poster child for the legislature to uh change the laws that uh uh, helped get me, uh, motivate me to be, to get out of that business. Uh, so I ended up selling that business. And then, you know, in Florida specifically, um, about five years ago, I, you know, I did several other things in the, um, healthcare space, healthcare, uh, IT and, uh, several other things, uh, from, uh, putting together large groups of physicians that, uh, you know, I developed the relationships with as a result of my, uh, previous uh, personal injury enterprise, I was working with over 450 physicians and over 625 attorneys during that time. And, uh, and uh, you know, so I did a bunch of things tangential to my relationships with those people for uh, the time that I uh, sold out and uh, waited for something better. Uh, that really piqued my interest uh, as far as a venture that I would take on. Uh, in between that, I helped other organizations uh, scale and develop their brand. 
Uh, now, about five years ago in Florida, they opened up medical marijuana, and uh, meaning that it became legalized here. And, uh, you know, I didn't know much about it. I thought that people were making a lot of money at it. And I was like, well, this is something new, a new frontier. And uh, I jumped right in and, um, you know, did what I normally do, basically develop things the way I envision it should work, if you will, not really having any kind of mentors or any cookbook or instructions. But uh, I developed an organization which was very scalable uh, because of my previous um, understanding of how to scale. I developed something that's very scalable and uh, very quickly I developed Boston Neuro into an organization with 43 locations around the state of Florida, covering the whole state of Florida, um, and then developing a business model to uh, interact with and support insurance companies and thereby develop something that doesn't exist in the United States also. And so, and that's what we were talking about in the introduction about um being the largest medical marijuana practice in the state of Florida, which was integrating cannabis treatment with insurance reimbursement. And is, is that a thing already? So, so already insurance companies now through, through what you've created, uh, the, 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 the person suffering, shall we say, can get their medical, medical marijuana expenses reimbursed by the insurance companies as a result of what you've put into place. Yes. So I'm actually, I have a, uh, probably shouldn't mention this on air, but in any event, uh, it's, uh, it's a very unique arrangement uh, with one of the largest insurance company uh, groups in the United States. Uh, but it's a, a proof of concept uh, insurance uh, uh, contract, if you will. And uh, I'm basically saving them millions of dollars and uh, uh, they're paying me to do so. I think that's I think that's fantastic, and there's that that creating of win wins and win win wins sometimes is is something that seems to be a, a common theme through throughout your your story so far. When you're creating, like it, clearly, because like you said, you haven't you didn't have the cookbook or the mentors or or any of the guidance. You just sort of saw it in your head and 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 then implemented it. Now that's that's impressive, right? That's that's something that that isn't a skill that that everybody has. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, that planning stage? I mean, are, are you a guy that sort of surrounds himself by like whiteboards and just gets it all out onto the wall? How, do you take yourself away? This idea iteration stage, can you walk us through your process? You know, it's for me, it's more about having a passion for something. Believe it or not, I don't have a calendar. I don't have any to-do lists. I don't have... Uh, any business plan, business model, I just go off of, you, you know, getting one thing, putting one foot in front of the other and to get to the goal. And if the one step doesn't go where it needs to go, then you take the step in a different direction. So I know it's counterintuitive to probably everybody that's on your channel uh, to basically, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, how'd you say, by, fly by the seat of your pants, I guess you could say. Uh, but for me, that's the, you know, that's kind of like going into a kitchen and having a whole bunch of ingredients and coming up with an amazing dish with nothing, uh, without a recipe. 
I think, I mean, I think that's very much the entrepreneurial way. The, the, the expression is jump off a cliff and figure out how to build a parachute hang glider yeah. or a plane whilst you're falling, right? That's kind of the entre entrepreneurial way. I guess I'm more interested in that sort of ideation stage. So before you're doing the one foot in front of the other, you're at some point you sat down and went, hang on, this would be really cool if we could somehow connect medical marijuana with insurance reimburse, uh, reimbursement and then and then you went into right so who are the people's uh, people i would need what would be the win-win how would how would that look how would i create that i guess in that stage i mean can you describe that i mean are you as i said like cocooned with sort of writing uh, equipment whiteboards and so on or like do you take yourself away uh, where, how do you get those 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 ideas in the first place that vision so, you know, <laughs> I, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, you find out what the obstacles are, right? And then if you can consciously identify and work around those obstacles, uh, then great. If you can't, then you kind of have to, how'd you say, tap into your subconscious and, uh, utilize your subconscious mind to really find creative ways to get to the end result. And, uh, you know, People you incorporate certain things like lucid dreaming and uh, other uh, exercises to meditation to get to that level. Um, that's one of the things that I utilize in order to uh, uh, get there. It's kind of out there, but uh, for me it works. And uh, I really, uh, you know, have really become a master of uh, lucid dreaming, especially uh, to tap into my subconscious and find uh innovative solutions and uh, uh, pathways that a lot of people might say it's not possible. Well, I mean, that is out there, but you're absolutely speaking my language. I love lucid dreaming to the point that my products, my next product coming out um, at New Brew is a lucid dreaming product. It oh, launches nice. at the end of the month. You have to send me some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will indeed. You try it out. So um, lucid dreaming, um, I, I mean, I would love to hear what, what, um, how should we say it? your your approaches for lucid dreaming? I, I I'll, I'll tee it up to the to the audience for anybody that's not sure, and then you probably you'll correct me and say, well, Martin, that's a very basic understanding, but I'll let you do that. That could be your prerogative. But my understanding of lucid dreaming is it's a difference between a lucid a dream whereby it's like you're watching a, a watching a show. You don't have a lot of control. You're in it, but you don't have a lot of control of what's going on, as opposed to a dream where you're actually in kind of control of what happens in that dream and Muhammad Ali very famously used lucid dreaming to actually spar against his opponents even ones which had long since retired in his mind whilst he slept to the point where he actually woke up the next morning a better boxer because he's been boxing away mm -hmm. in his head and working on his on his technique now no, tell I me where I what, what have I missed there Mick and, and what what fascinates you about lucid dreaming and how do you practice it? How did you get into it? How do you recommend others get into it? So, you know, the thing is, is you have to have, again, uh, like a real need to tap into your subconscious and not just, just for the sake of tapping into it. But I mean, some people use it to kind of uh, better themselves. I use it more of as a problem solving um, a mechanism. And for me, I basically, you know, really, ponder the problem that I'm dealing with and uh, basically go into uh, a REM dream state. And uh, then you can proactively do it with training um, over time, uh, with practice over time. 
And basically, I mean, I can fall asleep sitting up even, you know, um, so I can go into that deep REM state. And then your uh, subconscious really starts, how would you say, hitting different angles of what your problem is. And uh, then as you're dreaming, you can wake up and, uh, you know, have your notebook by your side and jot down your notes and then go back to sleep and finish your dream. Um, it's kind of out there, but, uh, you know, it can be done and it works really well. I love that. And do you have any sort of resources or starting places that you'd recommend to the audience? The audience are like, want to start their obsession with lucid dreaming? <laughs> um, you know, there are a lot of YouTube channels out there. Um, I think that would be an easy starting point. I think that uh, talk, some of the, um, uh, you know, the gurus that uh, are really into the more, um, how'd you say, the uh, introspective, uh, you know, bettering yourself, they can kind of... Uh, help more people because it's not more of a problem solving. It's about helping you with your own challenges in life, whether it be addiction, uh, whether it be uh, uh, shortcomings in your social life or your personal, I mean, in your uh, uh, business life, uh, being able to overcome certain obstacles. These are all things that people can tap into lucid dreaming for. Fantastic. All right. So, um, I mean, that was a, a heck of a tangent, but it's, it's so exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, literally episode one of this, this, or we're on like 151 or something this episode, but like episode right. one of this show three or four years ago, the very first episode we got into lucid dreaming with my friend really? Dave, okay. who, who practices it. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a nice sort of cyclical thing as we're getting into season four here. It's like quite nice, like bookending there are a few seasons. So let's get into, into present day. You have a new, new product offering called Claragen Z. Could you tell us what that name means and yeah. what the product is? And we already um, said that it was an accident. There was an accident in there in the creation of this product. Could you tell us that story as well? Yeah. So my father's a world-renowned cancer specialist um, and uh, we were he was looking at some novel ingredients, herbal ingredients to really help with appetite suppression and uh, increasing appetite because, you know, chemotherapy patients, you know, they lose their appetite. And uh, so he was looking at those uh, particular aspects of some ingredients that may not be commonplace. So one of the ingredients that he was looking at um, is, uh, is an extra extract made from the uh, peels, orange peels of a certain orange from India and China. And uh, it's not it, it's not available commercially in the world, uh, but it's something that had some unique properties that he wanted to um, uh, explore. And so we connected with a FDA uh, certified extraction company and we had them uh, make some uh, product that uh, we tried out on a couple of hundred of my patients. Um, Many of them had ADHD. A lot of them were just having, uh, you know, focus and sleep issues. And uh, we tried that on them. And a lot of them were also, obviously, we're trying to pinpoint whether it stimulates or uh, suppresses the appetite. And we found that at higher doses, they got an unparalleled level of clarity and uh, focus that uh, was amazing. 
And um, so we uh, tested it with different levels of uh, uh, dosage and uh, found some optimal dosages that were cost effective for us to be able to potentially take commercially. And uh, so that's where Clarigens was born. Fantastic. And, and when you say higher dosage, I mean, you know, people people might be thinking giant sachets of hot chocolate powder, <laughs> three spoonfuls, giant dose. What, what, what is a, a optimal dose or a large dose of this? Um, so, you know, um, we were testing it with 10 milligrams. 10 milligrams, if you can imagine, is, uh, is like, two drops, is like a, uh, two drops of water, right? Um, so that's – and then so we – found the optimal dosage at around 40 milligrams, which is about eight drops of water. Nice. Right. So, so it's, incredible. Not, it's not a big sachet. It's, you know, pretty small. And we introduced this as a herbal um, alternative, if you like, to, to Adderall. Adderall, you know, tiny little pill probably has, yeah. probably has what, 60 milligrams, 80 milligrams, 100 milligrams, somewhere that in that capsule sure. just to, to sort of visualize um, that and then in terms, of, I mean, so the accident was that you were looking at the effect of this on on um, appetite at those higher dosages. Do, do, do the people um, taking this feel particularly hungry or full, or is there actually no effect on appetite, just the focus side? It's actually um, it's kind of funny because at the higher dosages, it's all over the board. It uh, it really depends on one's genetics. Uh, some people reported. Uh, you know, being hungry, and some people reported that they're not weren't hungry. You know, women t tend to tended to report that they weren't hungry as much anymore, and men reported that they were much more hungrier. So it was very interesting in that respect. But you know, we're not promoting it as a appetite uh, stimulant or a suppression uh, because you know we are. You know, there's a lot of products out there, and to be frank with you, there are a lot of products out there that are a lot cheaper for appetite suppression, but there's nothing really out there to d provide the performance and productivity benefits of Adderall, which a lot of people use illegally or off-label, if you will, uh, by getting it from friends and uh, 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 basically friends and family members sometimes uh, to use it for uh, improving their productivity, their performance being able to really focus on their studies and uh, their work, get through the day, you know, uh, focus on their, you know, gaming, whatever the case may be, just focus on the day-to-day to-do list that they have. Um, you know, so we're, we're not promoting it as a product that helps with ADHD, which Adderall is supposed to be for. ADHD is only supposed to be used for, I'm uh, sorry, and Adderall is only supposed to be used for ADHD and narcolepsy. Uh, but, we're really focusing on all the people that are taking Adderall for performance and productivity, which nice. is, you know, and is an alternative that is not medical, is very uh, more of a uh, personal, uh, uh, what do you call it, aspect. Yeah. I, and and I think that's that's very important as well. I mean, Adderall Adderall is something that's like doesn't exist really in the UK, by the way. So oh. there's there's modafinil is is the is the main one that's like prescribed by doctors and so for yeah. those reasons. Same. Adderall is like a class A 
drug and I, I i i was quite surprised when i when i saw that um having attended numerous uh, mastermind events with with um fair, you know high performing entrepreneurs who have their their adderall prescription and yeah. they sort of swear by this stuff and um uh, should we say a uh, a friend of mine he um you know trying it out at these at these events and sort of thinking wow this is this is unusual i you know i know a lot about nootropics i've tried a lot of nootropics and um the the effects of adderall i would describe as sort of you you get a sort of very uh i could see it being very addictive kind of confidence to it you get a sort of energy like a sort of feeling of energy and then you do have that focus and um you know i've 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 heard stories of of people sort of using it uh, for, to, for nights out, right? Like for, for entertaining nights out and so on. And But it's not all that different to methamphetamine in its, in its makeup. It is a methamphetamine. Right? It's a methamphetamine. Adderall is. In the United States, it's a Schedule II drug, which is just below, you know, all the illegal drugs. Which, I mean, in terms of, and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and yeah, so highly having... Addictive. Having an alternative that's that's a safe, I mean, a safe alternative, I assume, sure. right? Yeah. Um, to, to that is is pretty yeah. important. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, we're we're not uh, talking about any medical benefits. We're talking about performance and productivity. So that's where the supplement really can help people uh, who are using alternative um, medications off label or illegally to get those productivity and performance benefits. So it gives you very intense focus, concentration, and clarity. And, uh, you know, it really stimulates your dopamine levels in addition to all many other neurotransmitters like acetylcholine, serotonin, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Um, so, and then, you know, the formulation is, uh, you know, developed to help replenish those neurotransmitters in your body at the same time as, Uh, tapping into them so that's really why it works so well and basically it kicks in in about 30 minutes and it lasts for up to six hours so a lot longer than adderall does you know so it's uh it's pretty amazing stuff i love that i'm i'm excited to to give it a try um should the opportunity come yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a swap. We'll do a, do a product swap. Um, sure. so, so, I mean, that's tremendously exciting. And where where can people buy uh, Claragen Z or Claragens? Um, it's uh, available on our site. Uh, the namesake C L A R I G E N Z dot com, and we have uh, Instagram and uh, website. Beautiful. And we offer. And you know, the thing is, is you know, it's, uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really believe you. It's not, it's not possible. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist because now we just came up with it, you know. Um, but we are offering uh, two free samples to everybody so that we get past, you know, that doubt, those doubters, and they can try it for themselves and see that it works. And then they can order whatever they'd like after that. So we encourage people to try it first before you buy anything. Beautiful. Love that. Okay, so claragens.com. Right, Mick, at this point in the interview, we mix it up. We go into the rapid-fire question round. I ask the questions quickly. You can choose the speed in which you respond. Are you up for that? Sure. Are you two thumbs up, up for that? Yes. There they are. There they are. All right, (laughs) question number one, Mick. 
If you ever had to start again, how would you make your money? To make my money, um, if I had to start again, I would probably build a war chest by getting into real estate. Uh, it's something that I kind of uh, shied away from when I first started uh, because I, it didn't interest me. And, uh, you know, you know, everybody was making a lot of money and it was really uh, very uh, easy to do so. But I was stuck on working on my passions and uh, and sometimes uh, when you're starting out, it's better to have a lot of money in the bank than none. So that's how I would uh, probably uh, start off again. I, I, I think I think that's that's wise. I think there's 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 always ways to make money, particularly if you're uh, if you've got an opportunity mindset and and your your ear to the ground and and friends in the right places and so on. Which is why I encourage like masterminds um, on on the show. But there is that opportunity cost, isn't there? There there is the right. Well, if you if if you're going to focus on the thing, truly focus on the thing that you're passionate about and building that then yeah there's going to be opportunities elsewhere that that go begging but yeah like you said like you, it didn't interest you you focus on the on the one that did that that, that also made money right so um it takes uh, a little yeah, bit longer absolutely. when you don't have when you don't have much money though <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it takes a little bit longer but buying it brick by brick but, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> what's the most common or biggest mistake leaders make i would say that um with leaders, I think that one of the biggest issues is we take on everything without delegating. And we don't move fast enough on trying to delegate uh, the things that can be uh, passed off to others. Uh, we kind of keep it in-house and uh, or keep it in our own plate, and we don't delegate it. I think that's the biggest thing. And knowing how to delegate is a, a skill, really. Uh, because it's not only a matter of just giving it to somebody else, but making sure that they're able to do it as good as you can do it. So uh, that's part of the training process. But a lot of people delegate. When they do delegate, they end up just giving it to somebody who's got a good resume and not really micromanage them when they first start off so they can get the results. They can get the same results as the leader was getting. So what what uh, what things would you suggest to to leaders that want are keen to avoid this this big mistake of not delegating properly and not taking the time to um, as you say micromanage in the in the beginning to make sure this new recruit understands what would you what would you suggest that they they absolutely make sure they do whilst they're they're delegating or trying to delegate more hire somebody that's better than you that's got more uh, better skill set than you for the, what you're delegating to. Don't go cheap on it. Don't get a virtual assistant and expect them to get the same results that you're getting and you're trying to delegate that to somebody else that's in another country. Don't get somebody at minimum wage that is cheap. Get somebody that can do the job and take it to the next level. Beautiful. How do you hire top talent? Um, you know, the thing is, is Trust is a big thing. So, you know, not only somebody's resume, but their ability to be on the same wavelength as you. I guess some people call it corporate culture or they're, you know, they meld with your vision and they adopt your vision. And uh, that's a good way to make sure that your um, ultimate goals are aligned. 
Nice. How do you identify a good business partner? Somebody's got the same level of passion as you, depending on their level of partnership. You know, if they're a minority partner, obviously it's not, if it's, if it's for um, a financial partner, it's different. But if you're an operating partner, then it would be that you are on the same, you have the same passion for it. Not, it's not about the money. It's about doing what it takes to get to the ultimate goal. Nice. And then this is something that I imagine you've had to do hundreds, if not thousands of in uh, over, over your time and building and, and combining the, sh the, 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 the clout and power and um, everything else of the people involved. How do you evaluate a good business deal? Um, typically it ha would have to have participation by both parties, meaning that it's not, um, parasitic. It should, should be mutually, uh, beneficial. And at the same time, it should be a win-win. I guess a lot of people on this uh, channel would agree with that. Absolutely. I, I don't think deals that aren't win-wins last for very long or end amicably. Um, for so sure. You want to give yourself the best <laughs> chance. What is one of your proudest moments? You know, um, my mother, you know, we all have moms that, uh, well, some of us have moms that are very, uh, how do you say, uh, overbearing and uh, judgmental. Uh, you know, I'm Indian, so... I uh, definitely fall, fall into that category. So, you know, in uh, building things that were uh, not traditional, uh, I was uh, initially when I was in college, I was going to be a lawyer. And then, no, sorry, I was initially going to be a doctor. And then I was going to be a lawyer. And then I decided to go into business and international business and finance. Um, so, you know, my mother didn't uh, believe that uh, it would amount to any uh, uh, significant success. And, you know, when I was able to get to the 10 figures for the first time, it was a vindication of that. And, uh, she was uh, a lot more, how'd you say proud and got off my back. <laughs> so that was her threshold, 10 figures. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a heck of a threshold, but, um, congrats on, on breaking that. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned your heritage there. Um, India being a fellow cricket playing, uh, nation. Are you a cricket yeah. fan? You know, I used to be when I lived in uh, the islands, uh, Jamaica and Barbados, but you know, I've just lost touch with it because in the United States, it's just so, I mean, it's not available on any channels and, uh, it's such a, uh, uh, process to be able to get access to any kind of information or any uh, video footage or sorry, uh, uh, any uh, shows or channels that have that available. Oh, that's Unfortunately. A, well, that's I'm a, a soccer fan. To, I played soccer, soccer too. Who's your team? Well, Real Madrid, you know, I, I spent some time in Madrid, so I got an affinity to uh, affinity to, to them. At the same time, I... The, during that trip, I uh, 
I spent about a couple of months there. I actually got in the ring with a bull. So, you know, my, I have a heart. I have a certain piece of my heart left in Madrid <laughs> and other body parts, you know. <laughs> you learned something about survival that day. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. People. Survival of the fittest, for sure. <laughs> what's, uh, as if that isn't enough, what's one more interesting fact about you that not many people would know? Huh. I I actually enjoy being around young people more than people my age um, because they have a lot of energy and they have a lot of stimulating ideas and far-fetched ideas and like you know they have like more of a dream you know and uh, I'd love hanging out with younger young people and stuff that uh, you know are a little bit more how'd you say um, not stuck in their ways like uh you know us older folks are like hungry and agile yeah yeah exactly yeah. not jaded by the world time, is your right? oyster you know <laughs> not that you know i got to do this this and this and then i'm done for the day you know that's it's uh, makes for better conversation too I, I totally agree with that. And again, you know, I, I keep banging the drum, but like masterminds and mastermind events that we put, like that, like what we put on and plenty of other people put on, it's just, it's magical for unlocking that. Like, yeah, everybody in a room, all that energy, all that oh, yeah. um, focus and directed on like whatever the discussion is at hand, magic happens. And it's so energizing there's a part of any entrepreneur there's a lonely part to any entrepreneur and it's very hard to fill up that that battery sometimes unless you're surrounding yourselves with like-minded energetic entrepreneurs with ideas um because yeah it's not going to cut it having you know chatting to to people that don't get it or, or aren't passionate about it that's for that's for sure oh sure what daily what daily routines do you have with a morning or evening that have helped make you successful um, balancing my work and my personal life. So, you know, I put in, you know, 10, 12 hour days typically. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, you know, you know, it's my, whatever's on my honey do list and whatever I need to do to spend with my wife to make sure that she's happy, uh, is, uh, <laughs> happy wife, happy made life. Me, has made me a lot more successful for sure, because I'm not, uh, I'd just say uh, stressed out and having anxiety about not doing what my wife needs me to do and also not being focused on work. I don't want to, uh, you know, I do what needs to be done to within the time frame that I have available for work. I don't want to be a workaholic or have a work addiction. So I forcefully, you know, make it a point to spread my time with work and my personal life. And so nice. that's, that's something in the evening, you know, after, after eight o'clock, it's, uh, it's, uh, my wife, uh, my, whatever my wife wants. And your, your honeydew list, is that something that just gradually gets filled up over time or do you dedicate times of the year perhaps to, to, to sort of reevaluate what <laughs> is fun for you and what you would like to, to tick off? No, my honeydew list, my wife has the has a honeydew list that doesn't last more than 24 hours. So meaning that if it's not within done within 24 hours, it uh, makes my life a little bit very crazy. So uh, 
So I try to get it out of the way fairly quickly. <laughs> uh, so I might be muddling up honeydew and bucket list here. So is a honeydew, is that like, honey, will you do this? Is it, is it like a, a list of yeah, demands from, honey, from your we need to go on, Honey, we need to go on a vacation. Did you find the hotels? You know. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, is the, these keep me happy if you do them list? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, these are the hotels. We're booked, they're booked already. You're done. Boom. Not done. And it's not sitting on her. Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? You know, list. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, brilliant! It's, I like that. How do you do this? it's less stress for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's great that you've got you've got you've delegated the sort of to do list element to it, like the guesswork as well. That's my but, only list, know, actually. So, that's my yeah. only list. Is my honey do list actually? <laughs> because it's texted to me every morning. <laughs> yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, I, I can see why that would work, and I can see how she would get a, a sense of control from that, and 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 um and, and feel listened to and heard, and and like you said, you've then got a list to to tackle. Um, yeah. There. In exchange, in exchange, she does let me do whatever whatever time I need to spend with work. She's uh, very uh, accommodating with that and stuff. So you know, it's not uh, she never ostracizes me for working and getting doing things that I need to have done. Beautiful. What book or books changed your mindset or life? You know, um, one of the first books I read was uh, uh, Unleash the Power Within uh, by Tony Robbins. And uh, as a result of that, I uh, went through his master university. And uh, that was very um, life-changing for me um, because I really – Give us to give me the tools to rewire my brain and uh, really uh, have long term vision of what I wanted in life. Nice, nice. And if I could, I trouble you for a second book, or is that really all you've ever needed? Um, nothing that is life changing. I've read a lot of books, but you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the other books were more tactical than uh, visionary. So for me, that was more of a, you know, a change in my life. Nice. You know, there are a lot of books on, you know, how to do business, how to organize, how to do this, that, and the other. But, you know, I wouldn't say that they're uh, life-changing. Nice. What's the most exciting question you spend your time thinking about? I'd say what's next, you know? I don't like to think of myself as uh, looking at the um, looking at the shiny object syndrome, uh, having shiny object syndrome. But you know, sometimes you know you want to you know have a vision for what can be a possibility in the future. So I always I'm oftentimes think about what's next. And you know, sometimes when you do have that shiny ob- object syndrome, um, you know you you know have to do a um, analysis of whether or not it's even something that you can or want to do, but in reality, but uh, I would say that would be what I would uh, oftentimes think about what's next. You know, kind of like Clara Gen Z, you know, um, I have a focus of uh, Boston Neuro of what I want to do with it and where I need to take it nationally uh, as right now it's just in Florida, but you know, this opportunity came along uh, for a unique product that is, does not exist anywhere in the world. And, uh, you know, we wanted to be able to really strike while the iron's hot. 
Nice. I like that. And so when you when you're thinking about what's next, do you, does does that mean as so recognizing that that's that's where a lot of your mind is? It's that what's next, and like you said, it's the shiny object syndrome that all every entrepreneur is is burdened with. And as you sort of get more mature, you learn to say no or to put it off or to to think think about it longer, let it percolate. Does that mean that every project you go into, you've already got a sort of exit in mind? Do you do you have a plan to like? get out of it within a certain time frame or at a certain a milestone? So, you know, with Boston Neuro, we got into it because we wanted to get into the cannabis space um, because it was, you know, the future of uh, healthcare, if you will. Um, it was a, uh, what is a nascent industry or nascent uh, uh, niche. And uh, when I say what's next, I basically... Somebody who doesn't have my background wouldn't think about what we're doing next with that business. So sometimes it has to do with evolution of a business, not necessarily a new business entirely. Nice. So it's like, what's what's the next stage? How are we leveling this up? How are we evolving this 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 business forward? Right, right. And then sometimes you have the shiny object syndrome, like we did with Clarigens, and uh, then you know you have to go off on a tangent because you know if we let it go, then you know, multinational company would take it internationally and, you know, we would uh, kick ourselves for losing, you know, 10 figures or 20 figures. Sorry, sorry, 11 figures. What advice would you give your younger self? At an earlier stage, well, actually, that wouldn't be the case. I did, you know, when one of the things that I did do very well when I first started I, when I was a, uh, I was a junior in college at 18 and I was also in, uh, working as an investment bank for Merrill Lynch. So part of the, part of the week I'd spend at Merrill Lynch and the other, uh, half of the week I'd spend in the, uh, video library at, uh, University of Florida. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, taking on more real world experiences when I was younger, like say before college would be something that uh, I would uh, tell my younger self to do. I mean, my, uh, my family was really focused on academics. So they actually uh, forbid me to be involved in any kind of um, business activities or, um, you know, anything other than academics um, when I was younger and they put a very heavy um, emphasis on, uh, being number one in the academics, and uh, that's what I focused in on. Uh, but, you know, if I maybe incorporated some of the um, real-world real world internships or opportunities that I had available to me, maybe push that a little harder, I think that would have been a little bit more eye-opening for me. All right, so I, I, no, I get that. So uh, just having a little bit of, in that in those younger days, in those those younger days where it's, there's less commitments and a little bit more free living, if you like, just experiencing a little bit more of, of what the world and life has to, to offer outside of business and academics. I like that. What unusual or underrated food or drink should more people try out? Indian food. <laughs> Indian food. Uh, Any um, particular dishes or, or, or things that you recommend? Well, there's, um, there's a, a form of Indian food that's available in South India. That's got a lot of amazing uh, ingredients, a lot of spices that 
are not typically available in North Indian restaurants. And uh, I don't think many people get to really try it. I think that they have a very preconceived notion of what it is. And uh, I think that if they tried it, their eyes would open as to really amazing, um, amazing uh, uh, tastes uh, that don't exist anywhere else. And, uh, you know, it'll... It'll make you feel that, you know, everything else that you're eating is really bland and uh, really doesn't uh, uh, excite your senses like uh, Indian, South Indian Indian food does. So, so what's have oh, you you're got in, names you're in, of any of these dishes? UK. I mean, you, you, we have an Indian takeaway on every street, right? But that doesn't mean that we necessarily have South, this South Indian cuisine. Or what's it called? Well, South Indian cuisine, um, so it's uh, totally different from the North Indian cuisine. Like, you're familiar with chicken tandoori, for example, uh, you know, but have you had real South Indian chicken curry, you know? Um, mm. You know, so that's, you might want to check out that takeaway <laughs> around the corner from your house or something at some point. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's night and day. It's kind of like another country as far as oh, wow. uh, tastes are concerned. Boom. I'm gonna, I'll fit that in with my IPL uh, trip then there you uh, go. at some point, the <laughs> Indian Premier League cricket. There we go. And then final question, Mick. What makes you happiest? You know, they have to say happy wife, happy life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, you know, uh, you're, when your partner is happy, you know, you're happy. And uh, that's really what makes me happiest um, right now. Um, you know, I have, uh, teenagers as far as children are concerned, they're awesome. And uh, knowing that everybody's healthy and wealthy and, uh, wise they're you know, it makes things very comfortable. Beautiful. Uh, fantastic, fantastic answer there. They're healthy, wealthy, and wise. I think those are the, those are the pillars to, to always be nourishing and, and, and building upon fantastic answer to cap off an amazing interview mick we explored so much we went off on many tangents yeah. but it was nice to extract some of your experience i feel like we could have spoken and, and chatted for a lot longer but it was really nice to extract some of your experience your unique way of of building things one step at a time one foot in front of the other um as well as some of the the things you've been um fortunate or blessed to to have experienced uh it's been tremendously interesting today thank you so thank much you. for taking the time to share with us today yeah thank you i learned a lot about myself today Hey there, you incredibly good-looking human. Thanks so much for listening. If you had a good time today and would like more good times in the future, please hit that subscribe button and leave a heartwarming review. I read them all and it will go a long way to help others out there benefit from all the teachings of this show. And if you want to get in touch or otherwise learn more about me, head to martincook.co.uk or smarterdestiny.com. I really appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Until next time, keep crushing.